This is the Healthy You, Wealthy You Show with Adol Kosilski and Fagy Stern. As mentioned, we are going to be talking about lower back pain today, and it gives us great pleasure. Good morning, Charmaine. Welcome back. Thank you, Adel. Thank you, Peggy. It's it's just lovely to be back with the two of you, and I'm so honoured to be invited back. Thank you for that. <laughs> we, we would we would have you every single week if you let us, Charmaine. <laughs> <laughs> Familiarity breeds contempt. <laughs> right. Um, so good. Before we start with um, with uh, lower back pain, I think let's just remind our listeners: you are obviously a qualified physiotherapist. I think everybody knows what a physiotherapist does, but you're also a craniosacral therapist. Can you give our listeners just a little bit of background on craniosacral therapy so we can understand the basis from where from where you come? Yes, certainly. So, um, Adel, basically craniosacral therapy is a non-invasive, very gentle treatment of the central and the peripheral nervous system. And it, it enables the body to express itself. And you use gentle hand holds. And what we are really doing is we are moving the cerebrospinal fluid. Um, and what happens... It, it, so it's very similar to the blood pulse that you have your, your, as your blood moves through the body. And we move this fluid because often um, what can happen is that with injuries and car accidents and birth traumas and various impacts that the body experiences, the body holds that trauma and it, it deforms the tissues and it causes a, a disruption in the flow of the fluid and that in turn can lead to all kinds of compensations, which people then experience as pain in different areas. Um, I mean, a classic one would be, you know, after a really bad um, um, impact on the head or a fall, that people just develop headaches over time. Or, um, or the joint we're going to speak about today is very interesting because falls of horses, I always go on about falls of horses, but falls from heights, even bad car accidents where there's a shearing, that then disrupts, um, can disrupt either the, the cranium or the sacrum. And because we have this pump, so that the, the occipital um, bone of the, of the skull and the sacrum um, actually form a pump that pumps this fluid up and down. Um, and people of it would know that you have your your brain, and then you have your spinal cord, which is protected by the spine, which then attacks to, attaches to the sacrum. And that's how this fluid gets moved up and down. So when, 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 you, when you hit with a trauma or, or, or you've got pain, part of that pain, what you're saying is, is that this pump is not working, is not working correctly. Well, the parts of your body are not communicating with each other correctly. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, Adel, and the, the cerebrospinal fluid is extremely important. Firstly, because it's, it's very difficult. You have a blood-brain barrier. So this, this fluid is protected from outside influences. And the, the, this fluid contains your hormones and your neurotransmitters and gets produced inside the brain and then covers the brain, envelops the brain and acts as a shock absorber. And we all know how important that is, you know, with concussion being so topical um, these days. Um, and we know that that bruising of the brain or, or that impact 
causes, you know, can cause long-term issues in sports people or anybody who has head trauma. Um, and that fluid then moves down the spinal cord and then basically determines the state of the body. So um, you can imagine that if that pump is disrupted and that fluid is not moving properly, you're going to have you're going to have symptoms and they're not always immediately visible. You know, this is the problem. People don't connect the incident to the symptom. Mm. Mm. I find it so interesting, the the whole concept of craniosacral. Adel, I'm sure you've experienced this too, is just how subtle it is. You know, just the slight movements of of Charmaine's hands, for instance, really does have a huge effect on on changing the, the extreme symptoms that people are feeling. Yeah, well, absolutely. Um, yes, and I think, you know, Faggy, that's the beauty of it because a lot of people or most people that are in extreme pain, you know, they don't, don't ever, I wanted to say don't really, but don't ever want something that's going to cause even more pain. And this is so subtle. You know, it's very gentle. Um, and I often say to people, it's like, you know, there's a, there's an enormous, there's a very, there's an important meeting going on. And instead of barging in and everyone knows you're late, you quietly open the door, slip in, and no one knows you're there. And that's what cranio does. You kind of subtly, you know, get in there, and then you start moving and you gain access to the system um, without um, almost like making a big noise, if you know what I mean. So it's a very, very gentle but extremely deep treatment. I think so they almost expect someone to like really dig deep into that muscle to try and get rid of the, the pain, but really the subtle, as you say, subtle movements really does help the fortune. Can we move on to the, onto the, uh, onto the sacroiliac joint and understand that further, please? Sure, sure. So this is, this is my, my other big passion. As Adel says, how can anyone get so excited about a joint? <laughs> So, um, you know, I, I found in my, my early years when I started working, um, so we had obviously covered this joint at, at undergraduate level and, you know, when we were at varsity. But because this joint, there's very little movement possible. And therein lies the rub, if I may say. There's, it's, it's a, it's a all about stability, this joint and emotional as well as, um, physical. Um, stability and there's so little movement possible that people often think oh well that doesn't move we're not really going to worry about that the problem can't be there however because there's very little movement possible the slightest little disruption in this joint can have enormous repercussions it's like the whole long lever thing you know the longer the lever you know the greater the the, the change that you may may see so and I well, man, can, can you, can you, for our listeners, can you explain exactly where is the sacroiliac joint? You. Let's just so that we can understand it. Uh, Extremely important. Thank you for that. So, so the, the sacroiliac joint is literally at the bottom of the spine. So you have your lumbar vertebra, as we know, and then you've got that little triangle bone, which is the sacrum. And then at the bottom of that, you have your, your coccyx. Your little sitting bone, or in Afrikaans they say the stachy. So that's basically at the bottom of the spine, and then on both sides it's held in position by the pelvis. 
And I think if, you know, we all know, have an idea of what skeletons look like. So it's, the pelvis is like a basket. It consists of two bones that come around and join in the front. And that's called the pubic symphysis. So, so this joint is formed where the little triangle bone, the sacrum and the coccyx articulate on both sides with the pelvis. So that is the joint just at the bottom of the, of the spine. Yeah. Okay, we're going, we've just had a physiological lesson on the sacroiliac joint. Now we're going to understand why Charmaine loves it, but uh, we're going to be going for a bit of a short break. This is 101.9 High FM. This is the Healthy You, Wealthy You show with Adol Kosulski and Fagy Stern. We are speaking to physiotherapist Charmaine Barr, and we are talking about the sacroiliac joint. Okay, so why do you love it so much? It actually, I actually just googled googled it while we were on the break, and I'm looking. It's actually quite innocuous. It looks like it's it doesn't do too much, right? <laughs> like, and it's amazing. It says here that it, it, up to thirty percent of all lower back pain is due to this joint. Yes, Adel, and I think that's the thing. You know. Um, and in fact, I once heard a stat that up to 70%, 70% of all failed back surgeries, in other words, lumbar surgeries, can be linked to issues in this joint. And the surgery was actually performed too high up. So I think for me, you know, starting out as a young physio, I was getting quite frustrated because I just felt that I would do everything that I needed to do for the disc, for the facet, whatever the case would be. And most of the people would, would improve. And then there was this group of people that just would not improve. And I realized that, you know, the techniques I had learned for, for, for this sacroiliac joint weren't good enough. And in a funny way, I've just realized that now that's what brought me to craniosacral therapy because I mm. saw a workshop advertised for craniosacral therapy and all I saw was mm. the sacral bit. So I thought, oh, my word, this is so exciting. Off I go to try and understand this joint. And that then changed my trajectory completely, which was amazing. So um, so really, the thing with this joint is that it is all about stability. And as soon, you know, and life is not stable. And as we all know, our lives at the moment are exceedingly unstable. You know, our reality has changed um, due to the pandemic. And... Um, so anything really that could alter this alignment, and as I mentioned in the beginning, you know, falls, um, falls, and it doesn't always slip in. You know, classic thing I hear from patients, oh, I slipped down the stairs, but nothing was broken, I'm good. But you just need to check. It's not to say that there is an issue in this joint, but if it moves even ever so slightly, even one millimeter, the knock-on effects, because of the fact that the hips, so so if you think of the pelvis, the hips articulate on the sides. So the slightest movement of this basket is going to change the way your hip articulates. And it's very interesting. You know, anecdotally, I can't prove this, but I do think that a lot of of hip replacements, you know, if one were to go back Many years and, and notice when things started, maybe the odd pinch, when things started going wrong, you might have found that there was an articulation problem then already. 
that maybe could have been, you know, um, um, uh, corrected. And then the, the actual hip would have been freer to move and, and wouldn't have formed osteophytes, you know, degeneration and all of that. Um, I'm not saying in all patients, but in some patients. Um, and Adel and, and Fagi, I think the fascinating thing here is that when there's a problem with this joint, the pain is seldom at the joint. And I think this is really, this is why I love this joint. It's like a, it's like a, a spook or a spy in the background. You know, you've got to, um, you've got to wade through it to get there. And you know, I think again, a, a story that, that I always learn so much from my patients because many years ago, I was in my twenties and I had this little boy who came in and his mom said, no, he's just talking nonsense. I've had him everywhere and he's complaining of a knife stabbing in his back. And she says, it's ridiculous. I rub it every night. There's nothing wrong with his back and everyone says he's fine, but he actually cries in agony. And I was treating the area that was painful and I happened to look at his feet. And this is a classic example which your your listeners can use as well. And I looked at his feet and the one foot was completely lying to the side and the other one was kind of in the middle, you know, almost like a, a three o'clock kind of presentation, if you know what I mean, the two feet. And I looked at this and I thought, oh, my goodness. And then I went to his pelvis and I realized and he had actually fallen off a horse, this little guy, when he was quite young and obviously not broken any bones, dusted himself off and carried on. But the pelvis, the joints, these two joints I spoke about, had shifted ever so slightly. And that then had had the effect of of changing, of making his one leg appear longer and also turning the one leg out. So once I worked on that, um, so, so you can imagine because the spine rests on that sacrum, doesn't it? I mean, this, this pelvis really holds our entire weight apart from the legs. So, so it's the weight of the body, the pelvis, and then the legs dissipate that weight. So when that is not in alignment, the spine can't be in, in alignment. It kind of twists one way and then twists back on itself in order to appear straight. So it's so misleading because people look perfectly aligned, you know, if you don't know what to look for. And once we corrected that and then we corrected the spine, his pain went. And, 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 that and, and, was, and, his, and his pain wasn't, wasn't, it wasn't complaining of lower back pain. He was complaining about a pain in his shoulders, yes, which was obviously just traveling up. Exactly. It was, it was not so much traveling up. It was that the, 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 the thoracic vertebra, you know, the mid back vertebra mm -hmm. were twisted. So the muscles on the one side were lengthened and the muscles on the other side were almost shortened and, and, and in a spasm. So, you know, you might think, oh, well, let's just release the spasm, but it just kept returning because of what was happening lower down. I'd like uh, to understand more about the symptoms. You know, because a lot of people have pain, let's say, in their buttocks, or they have sciatica going down their legs. They have leg, you know, leg pain. Yes. What yes. other symptoms are there with this joint? Um, sure, thank you. I, I was jotting down, and I ran out of space. So, <laughs> um, you know, the the classic would be. So it's always nice when the pain is right there. That that's that's always a bonus, but it's seldom the case. You can often get groin pain. Because of the of the um, congestion or compaction 
on the one side. So as I say, when one, when one of these, I like to call it the wings of the butterfly, because they're essentially two wings that join in the front, and then you've got the cox, the sacrum and the coccyx at the back. So if one wing comes slightly forward, you, that side, you might get a little bit of a, a pinch in the groin. Um, and so what we, what we commonly see, people will say, Oh, I'm always clicking. You know, I'm always clicking. I'm doing yoga. I'm doing my stretches, but you know, my, my joints are constantly clicking. It's like they're not comfortable. Um, obviously the lower back pain, the thoracic pain, which, and, and again, which doesn't correct with normal treatment. That's important. You know, I mean, you always go to the, you know, where the pain is initially. And if it doesn't respond, you've got to look a little bit further. So another very common one is headaches. And you'll find a lot of spasm in the neck. You know, you'll find the neck is tight and the muscle, the shoulder muscles are tight and, and you'll work and people will say, you know, I, the massage and the treatment helps me. And then it just comes back. And then you just need to look at that alignment of the neck and just go further down. Um, I've even come across certain, um, um, you know, tinnitus, the, 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 the ringing horrible in the ringing in the ears can also be related to this. Again, over time, the alignment issue can move further and further away, you know, down the line. Um, knee issues that don't, that don't respond because the two, because there's an alignment issue, the, the, the forces acting in on all the joints are going to be disrupted. And it's very tiring for these patients because it's, you know, when everything's beautifully aligned, you can just exhale. You know, everything's working the way it should. You don't need as much energy to, to, um, to exercise. But these people will often say, I'm, I'm trying so hard and my core just doesn't seem to be getting stronger. That's, that's a classic as well. Weak cores that aren't really, um, strengthening as they should, um, because again, alignment, you know, for muscle, you can think for yourself, if you, if your arm is in a terrible position, you know, stretched out behind you, you're not going to be able to pick up a very heavy bag of groceries, you know, so it's that kind of thing. So, when things aren't in an in an optimum position, um, another thing, plantar fasciitis. I know we've spoken about that before with a fascia. So if that and and um, I, I just quickly for your listeners, if you haven't listened, so the fascia is like the sinew of the body. It's that that white connective tissue that we find absolutely everywhere. And we, when we eat meat, we try and not eat it because it's really, it's, 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 um, not very tasty, but that will then pull. And because it's not particularly elastic, you now have a strain on that area. Um, I'm trying to think now. How does it relate it to the disc? Oh, yes. So, so disc, so any back issues, you know, be they, um, Discs, which is, I think, the most common one for all the listeners and for all of us, lower back pain, um, is just, and it's become a much bigger problem because we're all sitting at home now. And because we're not hopping up and going to meetings and quickly hopping into the car, we're just doing all the sitting and, and sedentary, you know, our lifestyle is quite sedentary. So if there's an underlying issue here, 
as you can imagine that 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 sacrum that that little triangle at the bottom if it tilts the whole spine tilts and twists so now we know the discs are in between those vertebrae here they're the little shock absorbers between the bones so when we have any twisting force over time you've got a segment that's really under a lot of pressure you know and people will say but i hardly did anything i literally just bent to pick up a piece of paper or whatever you know the classic disc um the straw that breaks the camel's back type of thing <laughs> the problem is then the disc is treated because it's very clear what it is but it's still not in a good position and it doesn't heal well so a lot of the people i see have had fantastic treatment but they're not responding as one would hope and that's always the danger this is where the failed surgery comes in because then of course they get sent for surgery and the surgery is performed at the area where there's clearly a problem but lower down we have the actual issue which has caused this alignment problem so so in people i'd i'd, I'd almost like to say if you feel you know and and i think this is such a large amount of the population that your back pain just keeps coming back that you just mm. not getting to the root it's always worth just checking out this joint you know um and as soon as that alignment is better then everything can just exhale you know it's so much easier to heal when you're not being pulled in one direction the poor muscle or or whatever it is you know Would you say then that it's important for well, we'll the 1.9 KFM and we're speaking to Shaman we've got quite a few comments um so one one listener says my neck often clicks and jams and I battle to mobilize it again for a minute or so like so when you're finding all of that best to go look at the seat of uh, the way I'm understanding it actually I'm I'm, sorry, I'm I'm going to apologize publicly on the radio I understand your passion about this joint now because I think what you're saying is is that it's 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 like the fulcrum, right? It's where mm. everything is balanced from. And so when you are exhibiting things all over the place elsewhere, it could just very well be that you're you're missed at the at at this balance. And if you're saying one millimeter out is just going to you know when you're one millimeter out or you're one degree out at your point of. Uh, starting a destination you will land up at about a 30 degree <laughs> when you land up <laughs> elsewhere so you know it 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 does it does say a lot and i've got another um uh, a person over here saying that she's been having extreme pain numbness pins and needles um had mri scans the new the, the neurologist doesn't know what is going on and he's convinced it's a pinched nerve somewhere along the line so again over here it you know it probably would behoove you to go and just have a couple of therapies in just seeing you know outlining and making sure that you are you are aligned in the first instance before you actually go to the 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 point of saying okay well now it's a disc or it's this or it's that yes adel thank you that was better than i could have explained it to be honest with you that's exactly right that's exactly right i'm not saying every single issue is related to this it's just yes. that because the pain is not always there it's often missed you know and um um as you were saying that you know we always think in terms of pinch nerves you know your 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 sciatica as people refer to it but often i find that it's not necessarily a pinched nerve but a traction nerve 
And these are the people that are told, and I have so much sympathy for them. They're told, off you go, go and do Pilates, sort yourself out, or just stretch. You'll be fine. They do not get better with this. And this is very important to know. Stretching on the side will not help them. And strengthening when this, look, strengthening will always help. Let me just, just clarify that. But strengthening in an area where the muscles cannot perform optimally is going to cause inflammation. So there's huge frustration amongst, and, and I must say probably huge depression. I once actually had, in the early days, I had a patient commit suicide because nobody could help him with his pain. This was before I went into this. So that was another trigger for me. I made it my life's work to to help people with this joint because it's so demoralizing when you are doing everything everybody tells you to do and the pain doesn't go. So that traction of the nerve, you can imagine, it's like squeezing a straw and expecting to get a nice big mouthful of milkshake. It's not going to happen, you know. Um, and I also always explain to patients the hose pipe theory. So you've got your hose pipe, you've got your tap, and you pull your hose pipe may, maybe around the corner of your house because you've got a got a, um, a little vegetable patch there, and it's wonderful. It reaches. But now there's a there's a, for argument's sake a car parked on that hose pipe, and you pull in, and you pull in, and you pull in. And the water coming out on the other end, what we call the axoplasmic flow within the nerve, is affected. And that can give you your classic neurological signs. But when people, you know, actually do MRIs, because that's usually what what one has to do, you're just like, but I don't actually see any impingement. What are we going to operate on here? You know, like your caller saying, the neurosurgeon's like, well, I don't know. I can't really see that a nerve is definitively being pinched, you know, being being um, pressed on. So, also a nice thing to check because that just that could be more of a traction, a pulling of that nerve. Yeah. Can I ask you something? Can I ask you something though? So, if we have the, the appreciation, well, I certainly have gained the appreciation that the, the, the sacroiliac joint is the fulcrum that balances everything, right? I know for myself even that from time to time I go out of joint, I, 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 and not from trauma, not because, God forbid, I've had a car accident or I've fallen off a horse or, or, or anything like that. It's just whatever. Um, how, how, how does one go and strengthen that core? Because like what, what else I'm hearing you say is that you need to strengthen that core or you need to have strong enough, like you need to have stability around that so that you don't keep on going into, uh, in, you know, in, in, into misalignment. It does in also fact, seem though know, that actually strengthening that core isn't the only thing that's going to help it. Like the treatment is very crucial to getting it aligned. Yes, yes. Hey, can I ask both of you? Let's just hold that thought now because I think that, that, that this bears discussion. I don't want to disturb you in a minute. We're going to go for a break. This is 101.9 High FM. This is the Healthy You, Wealthy You show with Adol Kosilski and Fagy Stern. Well, I'm also starting to love this sacroiliac <laughs> joint. Right. How, how can I stabilize it, Charmaine? <laughs> Oh, Edel, you've hit on such a a tricky one. So, as you can imagine, well, you know, in a in a system where there's not a lot of movement, 
when there is movement, it actually causes quite a big problem. So ideally, um, you know, your classic things like your Pilates, which is fantastic. I've got to say yoga is also amazing. Absolutely amazing. Um, because it's very symmetrical as well. And there's lots of standing poses now. Um, so that would be, so, so the ideal is to get it in a good position. I always give my patients very simple little movements and it's honestly so simple. I mean, I could even, as I say, don't do this at home, but just to demonstrate to you, you know, if you test yourself, you know, if you ask your husband or wife to maybe just a very quick test and I must put a disclaimer, this is a very quick, uh, quick test and there could be other things wrong. But if you notice that the one foot is maybe falling out more than the other one, you know, when you're lying on your back and don't lift your head because that then fashionly changes everything. So just lie down and maybe, you know, ask your partner or whoever just to look at your feet. And obviously if you have the other symptoms I mentioned, um, and they're very simple little, um, we, we use, um, uh, movements that actually initiate the muscle to stabilize over the joint. So that's really important. So we, we get the, we, I get my patients to do these movements morning and evening because another classic sign that's extremely important that you might have a problem here is that rest lying down does not help you. In fact, it makes you worse. So you can sleep, but the moment you wake up, you're out of bed. You are you are that person that cannot have a line on a Sunday. And you're so irritated with yourself because all you want to do is lie down. And you need to get up because it's achy and uncomfortable. And with your other back problems, strictly speaking, like your, your disc, disc loves resting. It loves lying down because the pressure is off it. This joint loves stability. And it's almost like if you put your knuckles together like that, um, you know, if you put, if you sandwich your knuckles together, that is this joint. The moment you lie down, the joint slightly moves apart. And if it's not in a good position, that causes inflammation. And it's that inflammation that actually makes people want to get up, you know, and, and not have a lie in. So that's another very important, um, point. Um, in people where there's a real instability, um, we sometimes do need to actually use SIJ belts. And I know a lot of your pregnant moms will know all about this. So um, where you actually, and it's a thin belt that you use, and you use it really low down. So it's not in the lumbar area. It's, 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 it's almost, I always say, such our widest part, you know, where the hips are. And that then... Um, closes in the front at the pubic symphysis and it's just giving that joint, it's squeezing it together and it's giving it that stability. Again, you want it to be in a good position before you give stability. You don't want to stabilize in a bad position, you know. So, um, so in does, a nutshell. Does the hmm. SIJ joint go, go wacko in pregnancy because of the hormones or because of the weight that you're carrying or that the, the, the baby is pushing on it? Hell, I know because by the time I finished having my last pregnancy, I couldn't. I started wearing the SIJ joint when I was three months three months yeah. pregnant. It was it was horrific. The pain, the pain exactly. was terrible. Now, again, excellent question because a lot of moms have this issue before they fall pregnant, and Yari, mm. this is a problem because it 
wasn't obvious. You know, the symptoms, these, 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 um, red lights going off were not interpreted correctly. No wonder because they're so far away from the problem. Then they fall pregnant and now you've got this uterus that is expanding. And like anything, when there's a lot of space, things are fine. But now you've got this expansion and the issue is now very obvious. Also, as we know, you've got your, your relaxant hormone that is released, which also will destabilize this joint to an extent because, you know, we're getting ready for childbirth now. You know what I mean? You are never, you are, the moment you fall pregnant, you are pregnant. And so if anything happens during that time, the mom is also more susceptible to greater issues because there's already more give in a joint that shouldn't have too much give. And remember, in natural childbirth, the sacrum moves out of the way. So we are so incredibly designed, almost like a hinge joint. Now, um, in some cultures, it's very interesting, after a mom gives birth, the midwife turns the mom onto her side and sits on her, on whichever hip, to make sure that the baby isn't, up again. <laughs> <laughs> isn't that fascinating? You know, historically, I mean, that's so. so yeah. You know, tribes were aware that this was an issue, um, and I also see post-pregnancy, and this can be many years down the line, where the pubic symphysis has shifted ever so slightly, ever so slightly. That, remember, is where the two bones attach at the front, right at the front there, at the, the front of your pelvis. Yeah. Um, now, Adel, so um, if there was an issue before, these are often the moms that want to have natural childbirth, and the baby's head doesn't engage properly because there was, and I'm generalizing, please, but there was a fundamental issue in that area to begin with. Remember, we have this basket, don't we? we? It's so amazing. And we have the perineum, which is that fascia at the bottom. So one, you know, this this condition occurs in any, you know, male and female, but because of, you know, carrying babies and that weight on that, the trampoline, if you want to call it the perennial trampoline and your you know, when they cut you or when you tear during childbirth, that trampoline also changes. The perineum changes to the forces acting in on the bone that's around it. If you can imagine a, a round pelvis with this, this little hammock, maybe a hammock or a trampoline. So, um, you know, childbirth definitely can trigger or can make this joint, uh, problems in this joint more obvious. I want to change, I want to change quickly because we're, we're running out of time having such fun with this joint. Let's, let's just go a little bit deeper. Um, it's the seat of emotion. So what mm. happens then? Oof. You've got three minutes, Charmaine. You better. <laughs> three minutes. Okay. So I think we have, we've all, yeah, it is just such an emotional joint, such an emotional joint. Um, we, we speak of the diaphragms in crania. We speak of the, the fascial diaphragms. You've got one between your ears. You've got one at your collarbone. You've got the diaphragm, diaphragm. These are um, horizontal tissues that divide the body like the floors of a building. And here in that area, you've got the hammock, as I explained. So when we experience trauma, we now know that our fascia tightens. It just tightens. And 
you can just imagine how that will then, any kind of small little issue in this joint is again magnified. So craniosacral therapy just really treats this joint so beautifully because it brings in gently, you know, any kind of emotional release that needs to happen and also very gently any kind of, you know, nuts and bolts movement which allows the joint to gently go back into be at one degree or whatever. So you're not only treating the actual joint, but you're, you're treating our emotions at the same time. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Okay, well, there you have it. This is 101.9 High FM. This is the Healthy You, Wealthy You show with Adol Kosilski and Fagy Stern. There's so much more to discuss. Surgery, organs, restless legs. The moral of the story is is that before you go um, doing anything major, go and check that your fulcrum is balanced. Right, Charmaine? Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. I think also the importance is going to someone that really has a passion about the SRJ joint. Yes, yes. And the knowledge, uh, obviously, too. Yes, Faggy and, and Adel. And I would suggest, you know, if you suspect there could be a problem, you know, just ask your, you know, your, your physio, um, Kairos, obviously also treat this joint, your, um, craniosacral therapist, as I said, you know, just make sure with, with, with maybe with a physiotherapist that they do have an interest in this joint. Um, it is necessary to, uh, you know, post grad to just do more courses and just to, Focus on this joint. As I say, um, you know, it, 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 it is complex, but I think it's, it's, it's just so good to exclude it, if I may say, you know, so right. just the well, awareness is important. One of the things I know that both Faggy and I, and I'm sure Chai FM is going to say, we need somebody to help us. Can you, can, can you direct people? Yes, yes. So, so I would recommend, so people go to the, you know, the, um, the physiotherapy site, uh, www.sa physio or lowercase dot co dot za and then also um your craniosacral site which would be you could do the up ledger that's u-p-l-e-d-g-e-r um up ledger institute or you can have a look on www.cranial c-r-a-n-i-a-l dot org dot za um and, you know, and, and you can just find someone there and, and just see, even if the person is not able to maybe help you, they can direct you to somebody who, who can. Um, I'm also very, very, um, happy to help as well. And, um, and yeah, I think, as I say, it's just this awareness of this joint. That it what could can be we say, Charmaine? A fascinating talk. I guess we could sit here for hours and hours and hours. And yes, I've, I've certainly gained an appreciation, um, of the same. When, when I saw, seriously, when I saw the topic, I thought, that's going to take about five minutes. What else are we going to say for the next 45? But you, you definitely proved us wrong. We thank you very much for coming on, online again and sharing your incredible knowledge. We are going to catch you again, Faggy. Grab hold of Charmaine after, <laughs> after the show. Thank you, Charmaine, for your time. Thank you, Faggy, for, for Thank joining. You, for joining Thank you, Adol. Thank you, Charmaine, once again. Thank you to our listeners for, for, for listening in, and uh, we'll be back next week with another super-duper program. In the meantime, have a wonderfully balanced and healthy week <laughs> ahead.